say goodbye to the food police, and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 178 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Are you feeling stuck today? Are you seeing on your food peace journey, looking ahead, do you see that fork in the road? Well, if you're feeling that way, then I have a feeling you are exhausted. Of course you are. You've been trying so hard to make amends with your relationship with food and your body, yet it just feels like it's not going in the direction you want to go. Or you're feeling confused on what step to take next. That kind of confusion is exhausting, not only mentally, but emotionally, and it can really make you feel paralyzed. And while there's no wrong way to do the food peace journey, I also want you to feel connected to your power. I'm excited to explore a letter with you that is from someone who is feeling just that. This is a person who's a new parent and also recently experienced a loss of their own parent. And we get to explore this letter with guest expert, Chris Sandel. He is the person behind Real Health Radio, the podcast I was on a few months ago, And he is jumping on over on the Love Food Podcast to help explore this letter. But before we get to this episode's letter, I want to share with you a new project I am working on. It's called the After the Letters Project. So if you would like to explore more of the nuance on your food peace journey, I have made a new weekly mini episode podcast over on Patreon. You can get to all the details at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. And a part of this type of support of the show allows any of the patrons to be able to submit questions and I can directly answer them. And again, every week I release a mini episode that dives really deep into the nuance of the food peace journey. If you are looking to support the Love Food Podcast, there are many different ways. Again, you can get to this new project at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from our guest expert, Chris Sandel. Dear Food, I binge on you last night. I abused you. I attended a family gathering during the day and wasn't able to control you and felt like I blew it. And that was just the beginning. I lost complete control and spent the night making trips to the kitchen. The leftovers from the party didn't stand a chance. Food, I'm stuck in a cycle between restricting you, binging on you, and then compensating by intense exercise. And of course, more restriction. And I know, I know, I know the restriction is the culprit here. If I wasn't restricting, then I wouldn't be binging, right? And the exercise that feels like my penance is totally an addiction now. 
I push myself to walk X miles a day. And on top of that, I do high resistance, high intensity exercise every day. Sometimes I cancel plans and miss out on life just so I can exercise. It's become completely abusive. I'm driving my body into the ground. I haven't had my period in a year and my body is screaming for relief. Food, I spent the first 20 years of my life free from these worries. I didn't have control, body or exercise issues when I was a teenager. It wasn't until I experienced the loss of a parent when I turned 20 that I began to control you as a way of dealing with emotions. I spent most of my 20s entangled in a toxic relationship with you, food. I loved you and feared you at the same time. And exercise, you were both my savior and a sadistic overseer. When I turned 28, I began a relationship with the man who is still currently my partner, and this all changed. The relationship became my new focal point, for better or worse. Food, I completely stopped thinking about you. I ate intuitively, didn't obsess over you, and didn't find the need to overexercise. It was wonderful. My body's weight self-regulated, and I thought I was free. I enjoyed this freedom for four carefree years. But then, food, we had a baby. The stress of parenting became overwhelming, and I found absolute comfort in controlling you, in measuring you, and calculating you. That was far easier than the stress of parenting, and you became a distraction. You distracted me from dealing with my emotions. Food, I have a beautiful two-year-old daughter, and I don't want her to absorb these problems. I want her to be free to feel beautiful in her body, and to trust herself. I worry that she will see me abusing my body with exercise and binging and restriction. I want the cycle to end. But here's the thing, food. The cycle has become a big, tangled ball of yarn, and I can't work my way out of the mess. But I know I have to make a cut somewhere, just so the whole thing can finally unravel. But here's my question. Where do I make the incision? Do I start to cut out the exercise that I know is making me so hungry? Or do I cut my losses and stop controlling my food intake? And that's the other problem food, my intake. I don't even know what to eat or how to eat. All I know is total control or total abandon. Please food, tell me how to stop obsessing over you and tell me how to learn to let go. Sincerely, Tangled. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's so hard for me to think about where you should cut first. And maybe it's because of the vision I have with just cutting in general, that it kind of feels violent. And when you were talking about that tangled upness that you're experiencing, I was recalling a meme that I've seen with someone on a sofa's sofa that's like obviously a a therapist office. And there's a therapist sitting across from the person. And the person has this tangled up, kind of jumbled up, squiggly line above them where they are like talking. And then the line is connected to the therapist. And the therapist is taking all the different lines and rolling them up into a very organized ball or two or three of yarn kind of untangling them. So I hope the conversation that's coming up now will kind of feel like that for you. Because I don't know, there's something about the cutting that just, ah, it gets gets me like viscerally. It kind of hurts my liver thinking about it. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump on the phone with Chris Sandal. He is the host of The Real Health Radio. And I think he's going to have some insight for you. Let's go ahead and give him a call. Hello. Hey, Chris. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you again. You too. Yeah. So did you get a chance to look over this letter that I sent you? Yeah, I did. I did. Awesome. Well, so when you read through it, what was your general impression about what this letter writer is experiencing? Um, I mean, the first thing that that comes up for me is is overwhelm. I think that's probably the, the big one. I mean, by her own admission, a lot of the behaviors that are that are rising up and that she's been keeping up more recently have happened because of a tough emotional situation in in her life uh, in terms of becoming a mom and and the struggles that 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 uh, can be in terms of it happening earlier. She talked about it in terms of losing a parent. So yeah, there's just a, a sense of overwhelm when I read through it. There's also ambivalence is is another one. I mean, there's this real feeling of I want to to make a change, and I know this isn't good for me, but still being unsure about how to do that and what is going to happen as as part of that. Um, there's probably confusion as well. I mean, there's there's an expression, uh, it, it's hard to get enough of something that almost works. Mm, and what she's doing seems to deliver something for her. Like it's not as if it's doing absolutely nothing. There There is uh, some temporary solution that she gets out of it. So she keeps coming back to it, but it just, it, it's not getting her the, the full way there. And she knows that. So yeah, it's it's really a combination of all of those things are the, are the things that are, are most coming to mind. You know, in thinking about the overwhelm, which when I was reading it, I felt overwhelmed myself, which I always think is really important to just name because I'm um, as I'm reading, I'm a very passive experience reading a letter. I'm like feeling overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm not even in this situation. Like that's, this must be very yep. overwhelming for the person. But then I didn't even think about the ambivalence, but yes. Like, and so if you pair ambivalence with overwhelm, that's so exhausting. Like that just sounds like running a marathon every single day 
And then, you know, this person talks about overexercising, but like, that's just got to be so exhausting to the brain and um, the body just feeling that kind of pull and um, just trying to make sense of this really, really complicated, like experience. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think because of all of these things that are going on in, in her life, like it's not just the experience of, okay, trying to make this change. There's all of these other things that are going on that are, that have kind of led up to that place, which are also exhausting and overwhelming. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Lo- losing a parent, becoming a parent. Um, yeah. That, and, and there's something about becoming a parent. I, um, I think you're a parent too. Is that right? Yeah. I, yeah. Got, a, I got a two-year-old, so I got pretty recent memory of that. And we <laughs> yes. had a, he, he is amazing, but my partner had a really tough first year after giving birth. So when I read through mm. this, there was some of that that came up and I was like, gosh, I, I know how much of a struggle this can really be. Well, yeah. And I, there's something about that um, struggle of parenting. I have two children and it, there's something about that that experience that, that also like makes the shift. I And I wonder if this is something that will help resolve that ambivalence of like um, wanting something different for that child to grow up within, you know? And I wonder if that's what's kind of put yeah. the fire under this person of like, okay, I can do this, but do I want my child to experience this for like their foundation? And so, and I don't say that in a way to like make it feel heavier, but just, you know, honoring that sometimes like we do things that are not necessarily for ourselves in the beginning and that's okay. (laughs) You know, like sometimes it's like doing it for somebody else. But with that all being said, Chris, what do you, what would you recommend to someone who's experiencing something similar, like as some first few steps forward? So it was interesting when she was talking about like, what should my first step be? Like, should I cut the exercise? Should I be focusing on the food side of things? And, and I mean, if it's someone who is doing this on their own, it might be different to someone if they're working with someone. I mean, when I'm working with a client, the focus is so much about it being client led, where I want them to start to to make those decisions and, and, and we can collaborate about what it should be. And the reason I'm I'm saying this is because I don't think there is always the right starting place. Like there are many ways that you can approach this and that she can approach this. And so I think sometimes it can be paralyzing because you're thinking I've got to pick the right starting place. And if I don't pick the right one, then there's going to be a real um, bad path that I go down or I'm not doing this correctly or the best way. And so I just want to kind of say that to start with of like, there are many ways that we could approach this. I love that. Thank you Um, for mentioning that. Yeah. And so what I would be typically looking at is like, okay, where, like, A, where do you want to start? Or where do you think you're going to have the best wins to start with? Because I think sometimes as well, when trying to make a change, people are focusing on like, where do I want the end result to be? As opposed to just, how could I make this situation a little better? So what's something that they could be doing so that they're getting started on this and that they're then going to be able to be sustainable with that? Because it doesn't really matter if she can keep something up for two weeks, if that then just drives her back to what was going on before. So trying to find, okay, what's the thing that's going to be best for her that's going to be sustainable, that she's going to be able to get on with? And so if it's the exercise, like, if they can go cold turkey on exercise, great. If it means reducing exercise, that's also okay. If it means, hey, I want to just um, ease up the control around food, 
how do you also do that in a way that it feels like it's sustainable? And so it might be cool. How do I then just add in some structure with my eating and and I'm allowed to have whatever I want. Um, I'm allowed to have as much as whatever I want. Uh, But to start with, why don't I at least set some some regular meal times or some regular snack times. And I'm going to uh, intend to eat, I don't know, three main meals and three snacks a day. And if I'm hungry outside of those, by all means, I can, I can have something to eat, but at least there's this kind of structure in there to start with. Mm, Uh, I would also, I mean, I kind of made reference earlier on until the, about how much the emotional part of this is a really big thing. And so my thought would also be like speaking to someone around this and, and like trying to find a therapist who could possibly help, trying to reach out to a friend who could be helpful with this, um, just finding some ways to start dealing with some of these emotions. And those emotions are definitely going to start coming up more if there is uh, a ceasing or a reduction in exercise or if there is a change in terms of how they're eating. And so that there is those other support processes um, that are there. And if that's not the case, like just working out and coming up with some ideas of how can I start to deal with some of these emotions uh, that have up until this point being being controlled by those behaviors. Yeah. You know, the thing you're bringing up to me that I think is probably why it's so hard for an individual to in the throes of this kind of tangled up chaos is that this takes some planning before even beginning, (laughs) you know, like, um, kind of acknowledging, okay, if I start changing, maybe if maybe the movement exercise pieces where the earlier wins are going to feel like more sustainable. Well, okay. If I do that, I'm going to feel more grief or I'm going to feel more of, the shame maybe with parenting struggles or, or something like that. And um, yep. to kind of set into place before even changing the behaviors or before you even expect the behaviors really to change. So like, okay, let me get connect with something that may, that may be a tool to help with that. Cause it's for some people, they may take a couple of therapists to work with before they click with someone, you know, and this takes time or maybe a group, a grief group or something like that. And um I don't know. That, that's what I was hearing in that. I'm like, wow, this is something that, you know, people, I, I hear a lot of people who say they they want to kind of do it, quote, on their own. And so there may be like an all or nothing kind of response like this letter writer does of like, I'm just going to go ahead and like not binge anymore and not overexercise and then then feel really frustrated when it doesn't work. And so patience and compassion and planning is what I heard with all of that, which is hard. And um, but yeah. yet so, so important. So, um, yeah, I appreciate all that. I think that's really good insight. And, um, I also think like this person's experience, um, you know, their, their experience is so unique. It's their own story, but it's also like so familiar. And, and I have a feeling it is too, for you, like you've heard other people probably in a similar place. Um, and so we know that you can untangle this letter writer. You can. And, um, I'm wondering, Chris, um, we have something on the show called the Food Peace Syllabus, which is if if you're new to Love Food Podcast, it's a collection of resources like other podcasts, blog posts, books, anything under the sun that helps along our food peace journey. And you can get the latest copy at juliedillonrd.com. And Chris, would you like to add anything to it? Well, I mean, as you 
sort of talked about there, this is quite a common thing that a lot of people go through. And this, I mean, when I went through this letter, this actually describes a lot of the clients that I work with. Um, and so it's an area that I talk a lot about. So, I mean, the thing I would probably recommend is, is my own podcast mm-hmm. called Real Health Radio, because I've had lots of guests on that talk about this. I've had past clients of mine on who've talked about their journey um, through things that are similar to this, especially in terms of someone who's lost their period that she alludes to. Um, so, so yeah, I think that would probably be the thing that comes to mind most readily. Awesome. And you know what I'll do is I'll put in the show notes a link to the episode I was on with on your podcast. And yep. so somebody can check it out that way. I know we took a really deep dive into PCOS. And so that may be helpful. But yeah, I would recommend that podcast too. I think it's super helpful for people on their food peace journey. And um, especially if they can relate to this letter writer. So if um, someone wants to know more about your work or wants to um, just maybe find a way to work with you, where's the best place for people to connect? Um, The best is my website, which is seven uh, and the word all spelled out, S-E-V-E-N hyphen health.com. So my company is, is called seven health. Um, and there you can find sort of the links and, and access to, to everything in terms of the podcast and then social media stuff. And, and you can get in contact me with me through there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll put a link to that in the show notes and Hey, I really appreciate your time and expertise, Chris. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope this conversation that I had with Chris Sandal was helpful to you and gave you just some more options as you're in this kind of part of your journey that probably looks like a fork in the road. And look to your side. There is a bench there waiting for you to be relied on. You can rest as you decide your next steps. It's okay to take some time to decide. And remember, no matter what next steps you choose, there's no wrong next step. I see Food has written back. But before we get to this letter from Food, thank you to Chris Sandal for providing your compassion expertise. Be sure to check out his podcast, Real Health Radio. And if you are wanting some more ways to experience food peace, check out the After the Letters Project, my new mini episodes that are being released on Patreon. You can get to them at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. Lastly, if you enjoyed this show, I would love it if you could leave a rating, a review, subscribe, or share the episode. Doing any of these acts of kindness are so, so important because it helps more people find the show and get more tools on their food peace journey. All right. So enough of all of that. Until next time, take care. Dear Tangled, you must be exhausted. You've experienced so much loss of a parent, independence from parenting, just to name a few. Your life events have made your food peace journey tangled, unexpected, confusing, and isolating. You are successfully navigating your journey. And as you consider this fork in the road, pause, plan ways to nurture your tired feet and wounded heart. Acknowledge the desire to hurry up, yet prioritize gentle, sustainable steps forward. There is no wrong step. 
keep picturing how you want to provide a food peace foundation for your family. And know we are with you every step of the way. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.